So we're going to get into the word. I'm not going to keep you guys a long time tonight, but I do have a word I want to share with you. And you know, I celebrated my 40th birthday this last year, and everybody's reminding me I'm, I'm going to be celebrating another birthday here real soon, and uh, then I'll officially be into my 40s. And it's wild to me to think about it because I don't feel that way, and, and I don't until I look in the mirror, and then I realize I, I probably am about 40. But uh, I get there, and I'm thinking to myself, like, man, I don't know what I thought when I was younger about where you're supposed to be. But I thought different things. I don't know. You just get there and you're like, man, I, you ever feel that way? You're like, I should be somewhere else. I should maybe be further. I should have accomplished this. Or I can't believe I'm still dealing with that. Like, I thought that was going to be solved. Well, you know, the reality of it is nothing fixes itself. You got to do it, right? You got you to actually put some participation into that. It's not just a matter of time and things go away. If you don't effectively work on them, they're not going to change. Well, that's, this happens over time, and it's, it can be frustrating. But I've also seen some really good growth, and I know you have too. There's things in my life I'm like, man, I'm glad I accomplished that. That's a good thing. And I can look back on that and kind of hang my hat there and say, thank you, Lord, for helping me get to where I want to be. And I've accomplished many things, and I'm very proud of that. So there's lots to work on. It doesn't matter where you're at in life. You're turning 40, you're turning 20, 15, or 85. Regardless of your age, the reality is that there's still more work to do. There's room to grow. And what I realized in, in, in my lifetime is that no matter what I'm looking to accomplish, really the only thing that has full meaning is if whether or not I'm building the kingdom of God. So, you know, all my accomplishments and things I've done and tasks I've checked off and things, places I've gone and goals I've set and I've met, they're great. And, and I, I can appreciate those things, but, but in truth... The only thing that really matters, the only thing that really effectively means anything is whether or not in those things, if I'm building the kingdom of God. That's where, that's where all good things come from. There's scripture there that talks about it in 1 Corinthians. It says, using the gift that God gave me, I did the work of an expert builder. Now each of you must be careful how you build. It continues to go on in Matthew 6, Seek the first Seek first the king, God's kingdom and his righteousness and all other things will be given to you as well or added on to you. It's not, it's not go and do what you want to do and then good things will come. It's go and build the kingdom and then good things will come. It's the residual effects of obedience to the Lord that good things come in your life. Once we grab onto that, it's amazing what God can do. We're going to explore tonight figure out how to be a kingdom builder. First way to get it is to make sure that you have God as your foundation. And here's where it starts. And I know nobody likes to talk about it. I don't either, but it starts with this. It starts with discipline. The great ones do what they must, not what they feel, right? No matter how you're feeling every single morning, it's whether or not you're willing to get up and go do what it takes to get the job done. Discipline comes into play. If you want to be great, you got to be disciplined. It's not the most fun thing in the world, but man, when you wake up and you get it done, no matter how you're feeling, good days, bad days, sad days, happy days, you go and you do what you have to do in order to accomplish the task or the goal that you set forth. In Proverbs 24.3, it says, Through godly wisdom, a life, a home, and a family is built, and through understanding, it is established on a sound foundation. On a sound foundation. 
Well, sometimes I think to myself, like, well, how do I even know what to do? Especially as a young Christian or somebody that's maybe been around for a while, you're trying to reset things, you're not really sure, life is turned upside down, you're not figuring out, trying to figure out how you got to where you are, you thought life was on a track that was headed towards somewhere, and all of a sudden, boom, things blow up, and now you're here. No matter what you're dealing with, the reality is, is that when you set a firm foundation and you have one, you can always come back to it. So whether you're new or, you're, or, you're, or you've been around for a while, here's the good news. The script's been written, right? You don't have to go out and figure out the programming in order to get to where it is God wants you to be. He wrote it for you. We don't have to make it so difficult. We don't have to think so hard about it. It's in the Word of God, right? You have to just open your Bible, crack it open. Day one, what do I do? I love the analogy of of working out in the gym because sometimes it can be very uh, uh, overwhelming and intimidating for people to start a new workout regimen, right? I'm not sure what to do. I need to get in shape, but I don't know what to do. Well, there's a reason why... Fitness and health is a billion-dollar industry because many of us don't know what to do. And the good news is you don't have to know what to do. You just got to go find somebody who does and then do what they say. And guess what happens? If you do what they say daily, put a few days in, put a few weeks in, put a few months in, suddenly results begin to happen. Surrounding yourself with good people, surrounding yourself with a solid church, getting into a life group, reading your word every single day, praying every single day. It may not look like the guy or girl next to you that's been doing it for six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. You're like, man, I want to look like that. I want a life like that. Well, they've been putting in the work every single day. Happy, sad, right? Sick, feeling okay, sometimes high, sometimes low, but they show up every single day. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Proverbs 12, 3 says, you can't find firm footing in a swamp, but a life rooted in God stands firm. I love the verse in Proverbs. It says, reverence for God gives a man deep strength. His children have a place of refuge and security. It's living a life of honor, of high respect, great esteem, and adherence to what is right. No matter what's going on around you, it's difficult to do. It's difficult to do. But it's easy to recognize and make a change as soon as you know you're not doing it. That's really the the difference between those that are accomplishing what it is God's called them to do and those that aren't. They're recognizing the shortcomings, and when they see them and when they happen, you're making a change, and you're shifting focus, and you're going where it is God told you to go. Hebrews 11.1 says this, Faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. Second thing we need to do is remember what matters most. You guys know what I always say around here, remember what matters most? Anybody? No? I I like to say what matters most is Jesus, family, and friends. It's kind of my my go-to. It's my compass. It's my recalibrator. When I'm out of control and I'm like going all over the place, I'm like, all right, what matters most to me? And it's simple to fall back on. Jesus first, my family second, my friends third. Those are the things that matter most. Jesus, a big number one, right? A big number one, A, B, and C. <laughs> I can't make my family matter if Jesus doesn't matter first. I can't make my family, my friends matter if I don't make my, take care of my family second. But finding out what matters most in your life, and it is the Lord, will determine whether or not you're able to live a life full of hope and full of success and full of all the things that you want to come that you want from your, from, from, your, from your life. In Galatians 5, 6, it says this, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. We've got all kinds of things to say and all kinds of places to go and influences to make, 
But the reality is, is if we're not doing it in a way that communicates the love of Jesus, it's all wasted. Paul said this in Corinthians. It says, if I could speak with human or angelic eloquence but didn't love, it would just be noise. If I could predict the future and explain every mystery but didn't love others, it would be worthless. And if I had such great faith that I could move mountains without love, it would mean nothing. And even if I gave all my possessions to the poor and sacrificed my body without love, it would be of no value. Man, you know, Pastor Troy and I used to joke all the time. We would think, try to figure out how to get things done around here, you know, working for Dr. Kanson. And it would often be like, you know, my idea and Troy's idea and then somebody else's idea. We have all these different people trying to figure out how to, how to get things done. And when you work at a church, oftentimes what you'll find is your idea is not going to work. Their idea is not going to work. A group of people's ideas aren't going to work. You got to find out what Jesus wants in the equation. That's usually when you know you're on the right track. It doesn't look a lot like what you think. It doesn't look a lot like what other people think. It becomes the third way. You got to find the third way. And it looks and sounds and acts a whole lot different than what we oftentimes think it should look and act and sound like. It's difficult. But that's what Paul's referring to. It's creating the opportunity no matter what's going on, no matter how beautiful you think what you're saying is, if you're not doing it in love, it doesn't matter. If you're not protecting people, if you're not creating an environment where they can be accepted for, for what Jesus has called them to be, then it's not going to work. In Corinthians, he continues to go on and say, do not be fooled. Bad companions ruin good character. I love the saying. I took it from my dad years ago. I'm sure he took it from somebody else, but it says birds of a feather flock together, right? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Who you hang around and where you spend your time will determine who you're going to be. If you didn't know this, the five people you spend most of your time with is who you'll become. Look around at your friends. There's a good chance that the five people you spend most of your time with live in a house that looks a lot like yours. They drive a car that looks a lot like yours. They wear clothes that look a lot like yours, right? They vacation in places that look a lot like the vacation places that you go to. They shop at the stores that you shop at. And that's fine. But let me tell you something. If you're looking to level up, you better find some friends that shop at a different type of store. If you're looking to upgrade that house, you better start hanging out with some people that live in some bigger houses. If you're trying to escalate your relationship with God, you better find some people who have escalated their relationship with the Lord. Because the only place to get there is to surround yourself with people who are doing more than what you've already done. It's a basic principle, but it's a tough one. And it's not abandoning your friends or leaving behind people that you know. It's just a, it's just a reality of, of understanding. Like, look, I, I want to go to a place that is next level with God. So I've got to take myself from where I'm at and go to a new place to get to where I want to go. In Proverbs 2.20, it says, Join the company of good men and women who will keep your feet on the right and true paths. Man, the best way to do it, in my opinion, is to get into a good church. You got one here. But find a life group. Get involved with people who are going to help you grow, are going to call you out. I, mean, I love a good yes I love a good, you're doing a good job. But you know what we probably should be saying a little bit, little bit more than saying you're doing a great job? Maybe we say, hey, you're, you're getting better. You're, do, you're doing better, but we can do more, right? I like, I like what you have going on here, but let's see about making this improvement over here. I love all the good accolades and the rubbing on the back and hugs and all that kind of stuff, but man, there's a lot more room to grow. So find some people that are gonna challenge you. They're gonna push you. They're gonna persuade you to say, look, I see where you're at, but I'm calling you out for it because I love you. And I want to help you get to where it is God's called you to be. Number four is this. It says, commit to a great purpose. Man, serve others. 
grow others, empower others, share eternity. That's the greatest purpose that you could possibly find. In Matthew 20, 26, it says, whoever wants to be great must become a servant. If you want to be great, serve. If you want to be great, let me say it again, serve. That is the path to greatness, to be a servant, to get involved and show up. Man, I cannot tell you enough how blessed I have been this last couple of months. Dr. Kedzen came in, well, not even a month ago or so. He came in and preached the message on serving. And so many of you have stepped up. We have our pre-service meetings out in the lobby. And I just love how many people have come out of the woodwork. And y'all have been here for a long time. Not that you haven't served in the past or other times, but suddenly there's just this new unction of saying like, look, I, I don't know what you want me to do, but I'm willing to, I'm just, I'll do it. I'm willing to do whatever. And it's so good because what it does is it creates the opportunity for, for, for growth, for growth. And so, so suddenly, you know, we're, we're serving in capacities that we thought, man, I just am not fit for that, but, but I'm willing. And now you're beginning to grow and improve. You're building the kingdom. And that's what happens. The residual effect of blessing comes into your life, whether it's through relationships whether it's through uh, just you know, finances or health or whatever the case might be, the residual effect of obedience to God by building the kingdom, now Jesus is blessing you. It's a powerful, powerful, powerful thing. In Mark 8, 35, it says this, if you insist on having your life for yourself, you will lose it. Only those who give away their lives for my sake and for the sake of the good news will ever know what it really means to really live. It's impressing if you really think when you read that, that there is something else to be experienced in life and only you have, will only have access to it if you're serving, if you're obedient to the Lord. I want to know what that is, right? You've lived enough years to realize like, man, there's stuff on this earth I've experienced. There's some good stuff. There's some bad stuff. But, but if what the word is saying is true, that there's really more and the only way to access it is to serve, is to commit to Jesus and saying, look, I'll do whatever you ask of me. I'm here. I'm your servant. I want to see it. Do you really just want to watch another episode of whatever? Do you really want to just show up to another this or go to a new restaurant? Like, okay, those are good things. They're fine. But, but I've seen it. I've done it. Like, there's not much left that really impresses me all that much. If what I can get out of what God has to give me is something that's so supernaturally abundant and amazing and great, man, I want to see that. I, I don't need to see another TikTok video. I don't need to see another reel. Like, those little dopamine shots of nonsense don't really mean much after the, the 5,000th video you've watched in one day. I want to see what God has to offer me. So let's try it out. Go serve. And suddenly things start to lighten up. Things start to brighten up. And life becomes so unexpectedly great. It's amazing. In John 1, 217, it says, The world and all its desires will pass away, but the man who does the will of God will live forever. Man. I don't know about y'all, but I want to live forever. I want to live forever. Number five, it says, have the courage to stand alone. This is a tough one. Because when a world where everybody's getting shut down for their opinions, getting crushed for having a viewpoint that doesn't agree with somebody else's, it's tough and more and more so to stand alone. Who do you think you are? Know thyself. You are the child of a king, you're blood-bought, you're righteous, you're filled with the Spirit of God. 
That's why it's so incredibly important to speak that over our children every single day. So that they know and they understand who they are. Man, it's important for us to speak that over ourselves every single day. I'm not much of a sticky note guy, but I know I have friends and family. My mom was one. When she wanted something growing up, you know what you found in the bathroom and on the refrigerator and all over the house? Pictures of it. Notes about it. Declarations over it. She would speak it into existence. And I'm not kidding you, man. Like, it would happen. It would just, it would just happen. It's so important that we understand who we are and we declare not only over ourselves but our families who we are in Christ, helping us to understand that we are blood-bought, that we're filled with the Holy Spirit, that God is for us and he's not against us, that we are healed and we're not sick, that we are successful and we're not broken. Amen? Amen. Exodus 23, 2 says this, Don't join any crowd that intends to do evil and don't be swayed in your testimony by opinion, by the opinion of the majority. I'm gonna read this one over again. Don't join any crowd that intends to do evil. And this is the important part. Then don't be swayed in your testimony by the opinion of the majority. Don't be swayed by the testimony of your opinion, of other people's opinions. We've got to stand fast. And we've got to stand firm. Declare the kingdom of God over every single circumstance, over every situation, no matter what's going on around you, no matter what other people are saying, no matter how many figures and facts and ideas and ideals that people are throwing at you. Stand firm on the word of God. Corinthians says this, stand true to what you believe. Be courageous, be strong, and everything you do must be done with love. I'm noticing a trend. As firm as you stand, as loud as you declare, as precise as your words can be, do it with love. So that those words, those foundational understandings, declarations are received and understood. Take time to declare the word of God with people and, and, and give them the opportunity to relationally understand what it is that God's trying to offer them. Eternal life, peace and joy, not just eternally, but here now, right here. I had such an amazing time with a new friend I met just a couple of Sundays ago. We prayed up here on the altar, we cried together, we talked and we spoke and there's just a, there's a gap. Somewhere in their life, there was a gap that took place where they, they became unable by the lie of the, of the devil, to be able to receive the love of Jesus. Now, many years later, just, just void of, of, of the ability, the capacity to even receive love the way he should. Feeling like he's not worthy of it, not capable of it, and doesn't even know how to get back into or on a path to receiving that. You know, the only way that that ever is gonna take place for this young man it's for me to take the opportunity to build a relationship with him so that I can infiltrate his heart so that we can begin to build and reconstruct the understanding of who Jesus made him to be. To accept him for what he's gone through, to understand him, to empathize with him, to take my time and build a relationship that secures for his sake eternity. Doing it with love no matter what we have going on, no matter how short our day might be or how pressed for time we are, giving God the opportunity to infiltrate people's hearts with a firm foundation and understanding of what we stand for and who we believe, what we believe in. But gently and affectionately 
giving Jesus the opportunity to break down the barriers of people's hearts, to soften their spirits so that they can receive the love of Jesus. In Corinthians 16, 13, it says, stand true to what you believe, be courageous, strong, and everything you must do, we just read it, must be done with love. It goes on in Isaiah, an honorable person acts honestly and stands firm for what is right. Be a kingdom builder. Be a kingdom builder and all else will follow. That's what we're called to be. I know there's lots of thoughts about what we should be doing and how we should be doing it. Man, I've gone through this much life and I'm still not sure what I'm supposed to be doing with myself. You're called to be a kingdom builder, to deliver the word of God in every single circumstance, in every situation, ensuring that every person you come in contact with knows that Jesus loves them. The principles on which our foundation, our church was built, the reasons for how we came to Christ and why we, why we are still Christians is based on that. The love of Jesus that he gave to us, the opportunity for us to have a relationship with him that identifies for us his love eternally that gives us everything that we need. Come on, stand up with me tonight as we close. And I just wanna encourage everybody to understand that as we continue to build the kingdom of God, there's only one way that it gets done. There's only one way that it happens, that we see miracles take place, that we see revival take place. The world swirling all around us. It seems as if every time we go to bed and we wake up the next morning, another major incident is taking place or has already happened. Jokingly, I've said a number of times, like, I don't know what we're going to see at the end of, the, end of this week. And some, some other scenario happens. I'm like, wow, I was joking. I didn't actually think this was going to take place. And then there it goes. Despite all of that, and regardless of what's happening around you in your life, the peace of Jesus still remains true every single day. And it all takes place and it all happens when our focus is on building the kingdom of God. Pushing forward through the muck, through the lies, through the frustrations, through the news, through the media, through the opinions of others, staying disciplined and recognizing that every single day when I wake up, I would declare over my household, over myself, that I am blood-bought, that I am filled with the Holy Spirit, that I was bought and paid for with the ultimate price, the sacrifice of God's son, Jesus Christ. And that when I walk out this door today, my only goal, my only purpose is to build the kingdom of God by communicating in love the message of Jesus Christ. No matter if I'm flipping burgers or I'm pouring concrete or I'm punching in numbers on a computer screen. Every single person I come in contact with, every action that I take represents an opportunity for me to build the kingdom of God. Communicating the love and passion and heart that the Lord has for every single one of his children stopping at nothing to ensure that his kingdom be placed above my kingdom 
every single day. It's one of those kind of things that often presents itself as easier said than done. But in reality, it's not all that hard. It starts with one small step every single morning. Waking up, first thing out of your mouth, we can grumble and complain, we can declare Jesus King. Right? There's one step taken towards ensuring the kingdom is being built. Step number two, coming downstairs, we're out of coffee, ah! Doesn't really matter. All I need is the energy of Jesus. I'm good. Step number two, taken. Getting in the car, running into traffic, frustrated and late, doesn't really matter because you know what? Maybe I'm being late for a reason. I'm going to run into somebody and on my way, I want to make sure I don't lose my cool. Because when I do, I want to ensure that they see the love of Jesus for me. Step number three, taken. Step number four, and number five, and number six, and number seven, number eight. Suddenly we get back home and we reflect on our day. We reflect on our week, our year, our decade. And we see the kingdom of God being built. And the good work that you have done. And the Lord is well pleased. And all along the way, making mistakes, Challenging, challenges coming, having to repair some friendships, apologize for some words said or maybe not said, some looks that you gave you probably shouldn't have give, given. But seeing the kingdom built and recognizing how blessed your life is because of it. Your one and only purpose, let me clear it up for you, is to build the kingdom of God. That's why you were put here why you were made to communicate the goodness of Jesus everywhere that you go so tonight before we go I just want to pray over you declare over you encourage you to continue to put the kingdom of God first to put people first others first not yourself not your opinions not my opinions but the opinions of Jesus the third way and if we were honest given the opinion of Jesus is oftentimes the opposite of what you're thinking <laughs> that's why it's so important to be plugged in in tune with the Holy Spirit because when he's speaking man it comes out a whole lot differently that's how when you know when you're, when you're plugged in with the Holy Spirit and you're talking to folks that like, otherwise you have really no business talking to and relationships are being built, and you're like, how am, I, how am I getting through to them? I have nothing in common with them. I'm 20 years older. I'm from a different side of the tracks. I don't talk like them. I don't act like them. I don't look like them. But somehow you guys are bonded. You know why? Because they're not, they're not seeing you. They're seeing Jesus. Recognizing that, following the program, staying disciplined, Working from a firm foundation of understanding of who God called you to be and who He is ensures that the kingdom is being built everywhere that you go. Tonight as we bow our heads, 
I want to do two things. I want to offer the opportunity for you to meet Jesus, to reconnect with him tonight. But I also want to offer the opportunity for you to, well, to repent and to get back on track in focusing on what matters most, building the kingdom of God. So God, we do that right now. Father, we accept you as our Lord and Savior. I declare you my king tonight. With my head bowed and my hand lifted high, Lord God, I put you first. And forevermore, I declare myself a child of the king. God, we repent for making this life about us. not about you. Jesus, tonight we turn around. Tomorrow morning we start fresh. We wake up and we declare that you are king. Every single step that our our feet take, our foot takes, Lord God, is for you. Every word that comes out of my mouth, Lord God, is for you. Every action that I take is for you. Ensuring that every single person I come in contact with, Lord God, sees you in me, hears you in me for your kingdom's sake. In Jesus' name, amen. One more thing before we go tonight. I want to invite our altar ministers and our pastors here to come to the front because I want to ensure that there's an opportunity for those that may need or want prayer tonight, that you would have someone to talk to, an elder, prayer partner to pray with, to lean on. They're here to intercede on your behalf, to love you, to help you grow, to grow along with you. So if you need prayer before you go, please come forward. Spend some time here at the altar, worship, play for a little bit, let the Holy Spirit work. Would you guys want to sing a little bit? Let's just worship. We'll we'll release you guys to go. Have a great night. Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. But I I just want to keep the altars open for a little bit. If you'd like to stick around and pray, just intercede and just spend a little bit of time with Jesus, feel free to do so. Amen. Be blessed.